Here we have a basic timeline of everything. Uh, this gives you, you know, where Israel split the uh, northern kingdom. Uh, lasted from 931 to 721. Uh, it was... It, was started off with uh, Jeroboam, uh, son of Nabat, and in the southern kingdom you had King Solomon's son Rehoboam, uh, and that kingdom that uh, went from 931 until the last captivity by Babylon in 586. There were 19, 19 kings in Israel and 19 kings in Judah with one queen, Athaliah, and here's just shows you a little bit of how the prophets fit into that uh, mix. Now, Obadiah and Joel, uh, there is not a lot of uh, information to give you a concrete date, but most conservative scholars think they fit into somewhere around these times. So some uh, prophets, we have a lot of information. Other ones, we have very little. So look at this. You have the tale of two kingdoms. You had the northern kingdom, referring to Israel, sometimes called Ephraim. And when after Solomon's time, you'll hear usually Israel and Judah. Uh, Israel meaning the northern kingdoms, that the ten tribes that broke away. And usually uh, southern kingdom, you'll have Judah. And then until after the captivity when they return, and usually it's just referred to as Judah or Israel then. But you have, like I said, Jeroboam started it. It ended with the, the ruler Hoshea. I said a total of 19. All the kings of the northern kingdoms were evil, bad. There was no uh, saved king. Uh, they ended in 921 when Assyria finally took them uh, captive and dispersed them amount amongst the land. And of course, many of the ten tribes, when they split, went to Judah. So you you, you don't really have any lost tribes. The southern kingdom refers again to Judah, started in 921, started with uh, Rehoboam, uh, and ended with Zedekiah. And there was a number of 28 saved, not always the best, uh, some were better than others, and it consisted mostly of two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. And they were taken initially captive, 606, 605, and that's when Daniel was taken captive, uh, 597 with Ezekiel. And finally, with the destruction of Jerusalem, 586, by the Babylonians. Uh, this is considered what they call in theology or uh, the chaotic kingdom, when the kingdoms were divided. The northern kings, here's a list of them. Jeroboam, uh, and he's usually referred to Jeroboam I as uh, the son of Nabat. Uh, you had uh, Nadab, his son. Then he was defeated and taken over a new dynasty, Basha. And then his son, Elah, which one of his generals, Zimri, overthrew him and only lasted seven days when uh, Omri came in and defeated him, a new dynasty. And then you have, uh, and you see the different highlights to show you the dynasty. You had Omri, Ahab, Ahaziah, Jehoram, a new dynasty, Judah, Jehoshaphat, uh, or Jehoiahaz, uh, Jehoiash, Jeroboam II, Zechariah, then a new king came in, Shalom, then after him a new king, Menahem, Pekiah, Pekah, and Hoshea. 
So you had what nine different one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight dynasties roughly, um, from nineteen thirty uh, nine thirty one to seven twenty one. The southern kings; these were all in the line of David per se, except Athaliah. She was the one oddball. She was married to uh, one uh, one of Jehoshaphat's son, and whenever her her son died, she went up overthrew for like six years. So for the southern kingdom, you have Rehoboam, Abijam, or Abihem, that uh, uh, should be a J, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Ahaziah, Athaliah, Joash, the little boy that was hid for six years, Amaziah, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, Manasseh, who was probably one of the worst kings of, of Judah, Ammon, uh, Josiah, Jehoiahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and Zedekiah. So a lot of names. And some of these names, they have the same names. Like, for example, Jehoshaphat's son, Jeroboam. Ahab also had a, a uh, son named Jeroboam. And Jehoshaphat had a grandson, Ahaziah. Ahab had a a younger son, or an older son, uh, Jotham, Jehoiram, and Ahaziah. So lots of times you can be uh, confused on these names because both the northern kingdom had some of the same names as the southern kingdoms. Here's a basic outline of First Kings. Just to give you the first 11 chapters, you had talking about King Solomon. Then the divided kingdoms, uh, divided kingdom, 12 to 22, you have Rehoboam and Jeroboam, chapters 12 to 14, Abijah, Asa, Nadab, chapters 15 and 16, uh, partway through 16, you have Zimri, Teba, Tibna, he was just a minor, I guess, tried to be a king for a little while, Omri, you got Ahab, Jehoshaphat, and Ahaziah. Here's another outline of 2 Kings. This was written probably shortly after the captivity from a prophetic view. You have chapters 1 through 9, Ahaziah, the northern kingdom, Jehoiram from the northern kingdom, Jehoiram that's from the southern kingdom, Ahaziah from the southern kingdom, Judah. Chapters 10 through 15, you had Jehu in the northern kingdom, Athaliah in the southern kingdom. These are sort of chronological order for the most part. Uh, some overlap. Joash, the southern kingdom. Jehoiahaz, northern kingdom. Jehoiash, northern kingdom. Amaziah, the southern kingdom. Jeroboam II, the southern kingdom. And that you have Azariah, Uzziah, the same name, but spelt differently uh, in the southern kingdom. Zechariah, in the northern kingdom. Chapters 15 through 17, you have Shalom for the north. Menahem for the north, uh, Pekahiah for the north, Pekah for the north, Jotham for the south, Ahaz for the south, and that should be uh, Hoshea, and he was the last king of the northern kingdom, and then they went into captivity. The last chapters, 18 through 25 of Second Kings, deal all with the southern kingdom, Judah. At Hezekiah, Manasseh, Ammon, uh, Josiah, Jehoiahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and Zedekiah. And then it talks about 
Judah's captivity and finishes up with the Jehoiachin's later history. Old Testament uh, outline of Second Chronicles. Uh, First Chronicles mostly talk about David and Saul and all of them, but Second Chronicles 1 through 9, you have Solomon. Chapters 10 through 36, you have the history of the kings of Judah for the most part. They have a little intermix with the northern kingdom, but think of Chronicles mostly has to deal with uh, the Davidic line. And so it starts in Adam back in First Chronicles and takes you all the way through David. And then Second Chronicles pick up with Solomon and takes you all the way through when the Jews could return to Israel. Chapters 10 through 36, the history of the kings of Judah. And then you have how it divided, the different kings, and how, uh, how it finally fell. Here's a breakdown of uh, the timeline comp- comparing them to one another. So you can look at this. You have, you know, and that top one should be Jeroboam the first, or Jeroboam son of Nabat. Uh, but you see how the different dates, how they all fit together. And in the middle, I have the prophets, like Elijah and Elisha, how they fit in with Jehoshaphat and Ahab and Ahaziah and Jehoram and Obadiah preaching to Edom. And I, you see on the right side there of the prophets, I have basically who they ministered to or who they prophesied about. There is... A lot of overlap between these, because uh, you, you had Elijah, you know, with the southern and northern kingdom, but for the most part, they prophesied and preached to the northern kingdom. So when you think of prophets, think of problems. Uh, a prophet didn't only just foretell the future, but they also preached a message for their generation. Israel, uh and you see all these prophets, and that was because God was trying to get them to repent, but yet they refused, uh, and, and God was gracious, merciful. He didn't judge them right away. He gave them multiple chances, but eventually he wound up taking them into captivity. And then uh, uh, Judah, the same thing. Uh, they had some good revivals, per se, but it didn't last. Now, this, today we're going to be talking mostly about the northern kingdoms. You had the first king, Jeroboam. He was a servant of Solomon. He reigned from 931 to 909, 22 years roughly. And this gives you the reference, 1 Kings 11 through 14 and 2 Chronicles 9 through 13. I said he was a servant under Solomon, and he was evidently a very um, good servant. I mean, he, he was, he, he, he had it all together, evidently, uh, lead wife. But then because of Solomon's sin of marrying many wives, putting up foreign gods, God told him that he was going to rend the kingdom from his hand. And evidently it was Jeroboam that was, uh, God was going to use. And evidently Solomon got the information and Jeroboam fled to Egypt to escape uh, Solomon's uh, wrath and be killed. And when he came back after Solomon's death, uh, you remember, you probably know the story where uh, uh, Jeroboam goes to Rehoboam said, hey, so lighten up your load. Your father taxed us too much. He made us do too much. So lighten the load and we'll serve you. And what did Rehoboam do? Well, he talked to his uh, 
counselors who were his father's counselors said, hey, lighten it up, don't be so hard, and uh, uh, they'll serve you. And so he said, well, thank you very much, sort of. And then he turned to his guys that he grew up with, and he said, okay, what do you say? Some of his, probably his drinking buddies. And he said, what do you say? He said, oh, tell them that your little finger's thicker than your father's thigh. He said, your father uh, chasing them with whips, tell them you'll chase them with scorpions, and you'll just make them uh, suffer more, which wasn't the best advice, which we we know. And um, because of that, Jer- uh, Bone, Jeroboam goes, "Hey, what what do what do we we have no we have no inheritance in uh, Judah?" Said, "Hey, let's go to and form our own kingdom." So they did. Uh, he became the ruler of the ten tribes of the north, and because you know God promised him that if he obeyed him, he would bless him. So what did he do? He gets up there. And promptly forgets the goodness that God uh, did for him and the promise God gave him. And he didn't want the, the Jews to go down to Jerusalem thinking that, hey, if they do, they'll eventually overthrow me and I'll be killed. So what he did, he made golden calves and set them up in Dan and Bethel. Uh, Bethel Dan was the nor- most more northern spot. And um, Bethel was on the border between Judah and Israel, the northern kingdom. So he put two golden calves so people could go and worship and they wouldn't have to go to uh, Jerusalem. Uh, In the Bible, you don't hear much about an uproar of him setting up golden calves. Evidently, because of Solomon setting up all his idols and uh, letting so much false religion and paganism be in uh, Israel, the people had no qualms in going and worshiping a golden calf. We see that back in uh, with Aaron whenever they left Egypt. They worshiped a calf, golden calf. And God had to judge them because of this. And But we see that uh, Rehoboam Rehoboam was going to, or Jeroboam was going to attack Israel later when he was king, and God protected Abijam, or Abihum, you know, it can be spelt both ways, the second king of Judah. He, he was Rehoboam's son, but yet he was stricken with a, a plague from God, and he wound up dying because he didn't trust God. Uh, this is just show you some examples that they have, if you look, Google it, you'll get all kinds of different golden calf images, but he set two of them up and the people followed and worshiped the God. They still didn't have, they still weren't free from Egypt, you might say. They kept turning back to false gods and false idols. Sometimes you might, uh, during David time, you probably had many people outwardly worship Jehovah. I mean, you had true people worship Jehovah, but you had probably some just gone along because they didn't want to get the king's wrath. And then when they had a chance to go to golden calves or bell worship, remember Canaan was full of bell worship, and that was a very provocative, worldly, uh, a lot of sexual worship. Uh, bell was the god of fertility, and his goddess wife, uh, uh, Asher, Asheroth, it was a, a fertility cult. So they did temple prostitutes, uh, 
many things like that. It, it was just a very vile and uh, sensuous religion. And so if you see people, uh, can see that today. The second Now these are images you'll see in this slideshow. These are images from uh, Wikipedia, a lot, most of these. And I don't know where they got all these different images, uh, probably out of different archives, uh, uh, museums. Some of them might have been from some coins, but I don't know if they, they look like them because if you look at the wording, it's written in Latin. Our, you know, our Israel, King of Israel. So uh, where they got them from, I don't know exactly. Many of them came, I saw some of them, they came from different spots, but this just give you an idea and put a face to the, the person. You had uh, Jeroboam's son, the second king, Nadab. He ruled for only two years. So, And again, all the northern kings are wicked. Uh, he was assassinated by one of his generals, Basha, uh, who rebelled against him and killed him. And you can see the reference, 1 Kings 15. Basha started a new dynasty, the third king of Israel. And he ruled from 909 to 885 B.C. for 24 years. So, you know, it's a good rule. I mean, I mean, good length. And he's found in 1 Kings 15 and 2 Chronicles 16. He killed Nadab and thus fulfilled the, the, uh, the prophecy of Ahijah, the prophet who said that because... Uh, Jeroboam turned away from God that he was going to have the kingdom rent from him. Just like Rehoboam had the king, uh, well, Solomon had the king rent it, the kingdom rent it from his child. And you can compare it, you know, Kings and Chronicles sometimes give you Abdul stories, so you can look at them there. And he wound up fighting Asa, the first godly king of the south, who was the third king of the south. And he built a sort of a Berlin Wall to cut off trade between Jerusalem and Israel and keep his people on his side of the properties. Uh, he didn't want them going to Jerusalem. But yet he was going to face the same judgment uh, and die also because he, did, he never turned to God. You have his son, again. Seems like the sons didn't have a long rule. He only ruled for two years, from 885 to 883. And another thing to keep in mind... When you see these dates, these are, you know, some we have pretty good dates for. Other ones are approximate. And when you see, well, how come this one starts before the other one ends? Many of these kings were the children of the king that was there. And they, the king lots of times would make somebody a co-king, a co-regent, so that when they died, there wouldn't be all of a sudden a, a new transition. This person already, people knew that he was going to be the king when his father died. And so that way they made the transition from one king to another uh, better with less likely. And But yet you'll see here in Israel, there was quite a few overthrows. Uh, some generals said, hey, I think I can do a better job than him. And he was killed while he was drunk by his one of his generals, Zimri. And Zimri thought, must have thought he was more popular than he thought. The fifth king of Israel, he ruled only seven days. Uh, the popular vote was for who is will be the sixth king, Omri. And Zimri, uh, knowing he was going to lose, probably didn't want to be killed, tortured. So he burnt himself down in his palace in Shechem. 
so he died by his own hands. He didn't let Omri get to him, but yet he fulfilled the prophecy about that Basha's seed was going to be destroyed, and he went up, died, took a fiery self-suicide. The sixth king, Omri, he, he, he was a strong king. He moved his capital to Samaria, uh, further north, uh, up in the mountain, more of a mountainous region. And up to that time, he was probably the most powerful king between the two kingdoms. Uh, Judah was not, Israel for the most part, tended to be more powerful because they had more people, but not all the time. So he was an ungodly king also, and he arranged a marriage with his son Ahab to Jezebel, which most everybody know about. And she was the daughter of the king of Tyre. And that was a Phoenician city. So, and she was a worshiper of Baal. Look at her name, Jezebel. Uh, she was named after Baal. So he ruled for 12 years. And he was another general, uh, but became king when he killed Zimri. And what do we know about the seventh king? His son, Ahab. Uh, most people are pretty familiar with some of the things Ahab did, especially his wife, Jezebel. He, he may have been sort of henpecked. I don't know. She seemed to be the one who took control whenever there was problems. Uh, they were both wicked. He, um, She killed a lot of the prophets of God who stayed in the northern kingdom instead of going south. Uh, she worshipped Baal. She brought her gods with her when she got married. God said, Remember on the uh, Mount of Blessing and Cursing, uh, Ebal and Garrison, he said, hey, if you follow me, I'll bless you. If you don't follow me, I'll curse you. And Israel was getting famines because Israel wasn't obeying God. And during his time, there was a famine in the land. If you remember the story, Elisha said, hey, there's not going to be any rain for three and a half years it will only rain at my word. And he left and took off, and they probably didn't think much about it until they start not getting any rain. And he thought, well, Elijah, you're the problem. And we'll see later that Elijah said, no, you're the problem. You're the one that's causing it, and your wife, Jezebel. Um, and God had to prove his point to him. He was, uh, you know, he, he tricked Jehoshaphat, the fourth king of Judah, into be sort of working with them. Sometimes Israel and Judah fought. Sometimes they were cooperative. And uh, Ahab's daughter Athaliah wound up marrying Jehoshaphat, one of Jehoshaphat's son, which wasn't good. Uh, his son Jehoram, and uh, the two had a compromise, a pact. They said, "We'll help one another. We'll trade with one another." Uh, but yet, he was wicked. Uh, you wonder why Jehoshaphat did it? I don't know. He probably never inquired of the Lord. You also know about Naboth's vineyard. He said, hey, sell me your vineyard. He said, no, I can't sell my family property. And he went home and bawled and cried and sort of moping and laying on his bed. And his wife Jezebel comes in and says, what's the matter with you? Why are you crying? He said, well, Naboth won't sell me the vineyard. He said, I'll take care of it. And she wrote the people of the city of Naboth 
I said, hey, uh, have a feast, have a festival, and set Naboth up high, and then have two people come in and say, we heard him curse God and the king, uh, the king, and and then stone him to death and kill him. And then they did that. Now, I don't know which God he was uh, cursing, whether it was Baal or Jehovah or which one, but the Bible doesn't say, but they said he cursed them and they stoned him, and Jezebel said, hey, He's dead. Go get go get your vineyard. And he went down to get his vineyard, and a prophet came and said, said where you, where the blood of Naboth died, you're gonna your blood's gonna drip here too. And oh no no no. So he was a wicked king. I said again, he made a military alliance with Jehoshaphat, and during the battle with Syria, he said, okay Jehoshaphat, here's what I want you to do. You go and dress up like the king. You'll get all the glory. You'll get all the credit. This, you know, basically what what happened. What happened? He said, "I'll just dress up like normal." The king of Syria, when he was out fighting Israel and Judah, he said, "Hey," he took his twenty generals, his best men, said, "Hey, only fight with the king of Israel. Kill him, and then you'll then then we'll have an easy time defeating the rest of the army." Well, the story cut this cut to this chase. Uh, they finally realized that Jehoshaphat wasn't the king of Israel. And the Bible says that he, uh, one of the charioteer soldiers just took his arrow and said, per, perchance, left it fly, and it struck Ahab. He was bleeding in his chariot. He said, hey, prop me up. So they probably didn't want to leave because they didn't want the, you know, the army to you know, take off. And, uh, oh, no, the king's dead. So he wound up dying, and, of course, they finally do take off and when they're washing the blood from the chariot the blood with the water and the blood they washed it off in the uh, field where Naboth died and the Bible says the dogs lapped it up so he you know uh, Micah prophesied about that Elijah prophesied and so both came true he died up there in the north doing the battle with Syria but yet his dogs licked his blood up uh, where Naboth died so both prophecies were fulfilled. He probably thought, well, I can't die here and the dogs are going to lick my blood here. He said, yeah, they're probably crazy. Well, we see that, hey, it was true. They predicted that Jezebel was going to be eaten by dogs. Well, when Jehu, the next king, take, uh, uh, takes over finally, uh, he'll throw, uh, well, take over from the dynasty. We'll see some sons of Ahab still for a while. But they throw her out, the eunuchs throw her out of the window and she's splattered on the wall and dies and he tramples her with her, his horse, chariot horses and he goes in and eat. And they say, well, she was a queen. Let's, let's go give her a burial. And when they come out, they only find her heads and hands and feet. The dogs had ate the rest of her. So yeah, it's not, it's, you know, gruesome story. You see where also we read about where Ahab sort of Repented, but it it was like a foxhole repentant alligator tears. He he repented. You know, you know. Sometimes you don't like the consequences of your sin when it turns out bad, but as soon as things go good, oh, hey, I've seen it. Oh God, you get me out of this sickness, get me out of this trouble. I'll serve you. I'll I'll go to church. God gets them out. What do they do? Forget about it. Oh, they they don't go to church or stop going to church, and they go live their merry lives. And he, again, he was killed by the Syrians by an archer. Uh, his son, Ahaziah, he, uh, he, of course, you'll see that Jehoshaphat had an Ahaziah too. 
a grandson, Ahaziah. He ruled only two years. The Bible predicted that he, he, that he would die. He had a fall in the palace, uh, and he, so he had bedridden. So he made his, uh, uh, Ahab made, uh, Ahab or somebody made the youngest son, the youngest son, Jehoram, king in his place, and they sort of overlapped in the rules. And uh, he made an enterprise with uh, Jehoshaphat, and they had a shipping thing down in the uh, Persian Gulf. The 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 uh, Zidonians and Tyre they kept the for, for the most part shipping in the uh, Mediterranean, but they had an enterprise, and God wrecked their ships. He again he suffered a fall, and it wound up dying, and he sent. A prophet, he sent some of the servants out saying, hey, go to the altar of Belzebub to see if I'm going to get healed. Well, when his servants went out, Elijah, Elisha's servant, met him and said, tell the king that he's going to die. And he, they turn around and go back and the king said, what, what are you doing back so quick? Well, we ran into this man and he said that you're going to die. So what did he look like? He said he was a hairy man. They go, oh, that's Elijah. And he wound up dying. I said he was rebuked because he said, hey, are there no gods in Israel? In other words, why don't you go to Jehovah instead of these false gods? But again, none of them were saved. Sometimes they temporarily turned to God. Ahab's youngest son, Jehoram, <coughs> he wound up ruling 12 years. And you see he ruled from 852 to 840. We see it in 2 Kings 3 through 9 and uh, 2 Chronicles 22. He was the youngest son of Ahab and Jezebel. Now, we only hear about Jezebel as Ahab's wife, but the Bible says that Jehu, the one king, he kills 70 sons of Ahab. These were probably by other wives or concubines. But Jezebel is the only one we have uh, much information about. So uh, I don't think Jezebel had 70 children. Uh, but probably from concubines and, and other wives that Ahab had, probably like Solomon making allegiances and uh, treaties with other kingdoms. And uh, But... Uh, he, he was prophesied and, and he allied with, with Syria. Elisha, you know, he performed many miracles. Uh, even so, the youngest son, Jehoram, when Elijah was on his deathbed, he went to visit Elijah. And in the Bible, it talked about where he sort of wept. You know, again, crocodile tears. He he was worried for a little while. He, he said, hey, take take these arrows and shoot them out. He shot the arrows, so that's a, sort of like a you're going to fight Assyrian. He said, take those arrows and beat them on the ground. And he, he beat them on the ground three times. And Elijah, what did he do? He said, you, he, he scolded the, uh, Jehoram, basically said, you should have hit more times and you would have utterly defeated the Assyrians. Now you're only going to win three battles. So, But we hear stories where uh, the Syrians were going to attack them. They said, "Hey, who's this? How's it Israel? How is Israel finding out where we're coming at from?" He said, "What's well, that prophet Elijah?" 
So they went to get Elijah, but God blinded them. Excuse me. God blinded them, and he led them right into Samaria, uh, the capital of Samaria. And uh, what happened? Uh, they, their eyes are open. They're surrounded by the uh, uh, Israel's army. And he said, and what did Jehoram say? He said, Father, should we kill him? He said, no, you wouldn't kill somebody if you took them prisoners in war. He said, I want you to feed them and send them back home. I would have probably not done that, but God said, hey, his prophet God, the prophet of God said, hey, take them, feed them, let them go. Maybe it was like to give a warning to Syria saying, hey, there is a prophet in Israel, even though Israel, for the most part, wasn't serving them. Then we read later about Naaman. Again, the same story. The king of Syria sends his general, Naaman, his top general, because uh, the little slave they took from Israel said, hey, there's a prophet in Israel that can save you, that can cure my master of leprosy. So his wife told her husband Naaman, said, hey, so he told the king of Syria, and that king of Syria sent, put a note and sent it to uh, Jehoram, and he said, hey, he's trying to pick a fight. I can't cure leprosy. Well, what happens? Elijah hears about it, say, hey, send Naaman to me. So we know the story for the most part. Naaman goes down there, and he's riding with his his treasure that he wants to pay the prophet and uh, with his troops and uh, uh, all the things he brought with him, his entourage. And what did Elijah do? He never even came out. said, tell Naaman to go dip in the river seven times, the Jordan River sometimes. He gets upset, so... I thought for surely he would come and wave his hands and shout to his God and pray to his God and I would, boom, I'd be healed like a flash of lightning. And he was going to turn around and his servant said, Master, Master, if he would ask you to do something great, you would have done it. And of course he said, yeah, we have better rivers in Samaria. Well, he said, okay, he goes and he's healed. Now, Naaman might have truly been saved. We don't know. But he said, I'm not going to worship any other God but the God of Israel. Uh, hopefully he knew the difference between Baal and Jehovah. And uh, he said, I want to take some dirt. He said, forgive me whenever I have to go into the to the temple with my master when he leans on my shoulder. And he took the dirt and he offered to pay him. He said, nope. And remember the story with his servant? He said, I, I can't believe my master let Naaman this Syrian get away without painting. So he runs after him said, hey, oh, my master had some other prophets, some uh, people came to visit him so he could use some money. So he gives them some money and garments and things like that. And when he gets back to Elijah, he said, Hey, Gehaziel, said, didn't you know that my spirit went with you? And he, the leprosy Naaman had jumped on Gehaziel and he wound up serving the king Jehoram. Uh, we see where the four leopards, when uh, uh, they were being surrounded and attacked by uh, Syria, that uh, God miraculously saved him again. And he was finally murdered by Jehu in the Valley of Jezreel. The 10th king, he was another general, one of the generals of Jehoram. And uh, he ruled from 841 to 813, roughly 28 years. And we read about him in 2 Kings 9 and 2 Chronicles 22. He was anointed by a messenger of Elisha. He said, okay, well, it was a prophet. It was the son of one of the prophets. He said, okay, take this message to Jehu. Tell him God has anointed him to be king. And after you deliver the message, run, take off. So he gets there and he said, I have a message from God uh, for use. And, the, you know, Jehu is sitting around the, 
you know, fire probably drinking coffee or whatever with his other generals. Other generals said, to who is this message? He says, to you, O Jehu. And he takes him in uh, privately and says, God has anointed you to be king of Israel, to wipe out the line of uh, uh, Omri, the line of Ahab, because all of his wickedness. And he gives him and he, what happens? He takes off. So what's that? He said, he told me I was going to be king. I, I was anointed king. And they said, said, Long live Jehu, king of Israel. And they did an uprising. They overthrew Jehoram. And when he defeated, uh, he defeated, uh, he killed not only Joram, but he also killed now a uh, cousin, Ahaziah from the southern kingdom, one of Jehoshaphat's grandson who was coming to visit Jehoram when he was sick. And he killed them both. And he wound up killing 70 sons of uh, Ahab. Uh and any relatives or friend, he was eliminating all. Uh, he was eliminating all contenders, and he wound up killing forty-two princes who came to visit uh, Jehoram. He said, "Who are you?" He said, "Oh, we're we're Ahaziah's uh, relatives. We're coming to visit Jehoram." And he kills them, and then he says, "Hey, I have a lot of zeal for God." He he says, "I'm going to worship." He said Ahab worshipped Baal much. I'm going to worship him more, and he tricks him and says, hey, if everybody who wants to worship Baal, come here to make sure no servant of Jehovah, God, is there. And he gave them all robes and he told his men, said, if any of them escape, you're going to die. So he wound up killing them. But what did he do? He he got rid of Baal worship, but he made golden calves again. And just like uh, 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 Jeroboam the first. So, you know, you'd think he would learn from his lesson, but he didn't. Well, he ruled, uh, you know, his son Jehoiahaz ruled, uh, was the 11th king. He ruled for 17 years, and he was a pretty powerful king also. He ruled from 814, or Jehoiah, uh, Jehu was. He ruled from 814 to 797 for 17 years, and you can read about him in 2 Kings 13. He was Jehu's son, and he saw most of his army wiped out by the Syrians they only left him a few chariots and a few thousand, you know, ten, I think it was 10,000 men. But yet he had remorse. He, oh, I'm sorry for my sins. You know, again, it was not a genuine repentance. But when he saw the problems, he called out to God and God said, okay, I'll give you some relief. Uh, yet it didn't last long. His son, Jehoiash, was the 12th king. He ruled for 16 years also from seven. 98 to 782. Uh, you can read about him in 2 Kings 13 through 14 and 2 Chronicles 25. Oh, sorry, he was the one that visited Elisha on the deathbed with the uh, arrows and the uh, uh, that. And but he he defeated Amaziah uh, of the sixth king of Judah on the battlefield. God told him not to go up. He said, "Well, you remember the story." He said. Come and meet me, Jehoiash. He said, you know, the thistle said to the cedar, let me marry your daughter. And he gave him that, uh, where a a beast came and trampled it. And he defeated uh, Amaziah, who seemed like a good king, or part of it anyways. But but yet he came in and plundered Jerusalem and took many people hostage and much much of the wealth of the kingdom. So he defeated uh, uh, Judah 
uh, the 13th king, Jeroboam II, and he was the king during the time of uh, Jonah, uh, Micah, and he ruled for 41 years. He ruled really long. He was a pretty powerful ruler. He stretched the border of the northern kingdom further than it had been uh, all the time. Jeroboam, I'm sorry, uh, Jonah, if you read about, uh, he's in 2 Kings, he says that you're going to extend the borders all the way to Hamas, but then Micah came along later and said, you're going to lose all that territory. So he had two prophecies, and he stretched his kingdom out, but then again, he lost it. He ruled longer than any other of the northern kings, and he was uh, one of the most powerful kings and had stretched it to the biggest thing, and yet he forgot about God. I, you couldn't get any of these kings in the north to repent. The 14th king, his son, Zechariah, will end his dynasty. He only ruled six months from uh, 753. And we read about him in 2 Kings 14 through 15. He was a great, great grandson of Jehu and the fourth ruler in the dynasty. He was murdered by one of his rebel generals, Shalom, and thus fulfilled God's prophecy against Jehu. And you could read about it in 2 Kings 10. And he talks about Jehu, you know, Zechariah in 14 and 15. Uh, you just have one overthrow of another. Then you have a new dynasty, which is the only one in this dynasty. He ruled one month, not very long. Uh, 752, uh, you read about him in 2 Kings 15. He was one of the most cruel kings. The Bible talks about, uh, 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 well, he, he, you know, he, I said none of the kings were, but then you have, he was defeated by another usurper, uh, Menahem. He ruled from 752 to 742 for 10 years. You can read about him in 2 Kings 15. And again, he was probably one of the most brutal dictators, kings of the northern kingdom. He, the Bible talked about cities that wouldn't submit to him. That he, his soldiers came in and ripped up pregnant women, killed the women and the babies. Uh, he, he, Assyria was coming to attack him, and he paid off a bribe to the Syrian kings, Tagepilazer, uh, with a, basically in our money a two million dollar bribe, and he, and he what he, how he made that money he he had a a thousand talents of silver, a thirty seven tons of silver that he paid him, but he had he took fifty shekels that he charged all the rich men, all the nobles, and that would be about 60,000 men that he went and taxed them to pay the bribe money to the king of Assyria. And yet Assyria eventually still came in and took him captive. And you look at that 742 where his time ended, it's only going to be 20 years when the northern kingdom goes into captivity. The 17th king, 17th king, Pekiah, was his son. He ruled from 742 to 740, only two years. You can read about him in 2 Kings 15. Uh, he was killed by his army commander, Pekah. So it seems like some of these generals had so much power. So I, I served his father, but I think I can do a better job than him. And he only lasted two years before he was overthrown. The 18th king, Pekah, 
He ruled from uh, uh, 740 to 732, 20 years. Uh, you can read about him in 2 Kings 15 and 2 Chronicles 28. Uh, you'll note that it, he only ruled eight years here. It is thought that the first 12 years he shared a co-regency with Menahem and Pekiah. But it, he joined Syria in, a, unexcent, uh, in an attempt to, ki- to destroy and punish Judah for not for refusing to team up against them with against team up with them against the Assyrians. Well, the Assyrians found this out and they came in and wiped out Syria, and they'll wipe out the northern kingdoms, and uh, they'll try to come into Judah, but not they won't be successful at the Judah one. But they were eventually they'll be eventually captured, and Assyria took some of the northern cities and the eastern cities. He they took the Syrian cities, and he was assassinated by one of his generals, Hoshea. And Hoshea is the 19th king of Israel, the last king. He ruled from 932 to 9, uh, sorry, 942 to uh, 731. He ruled for nine years, and you could read about him in 2 Kings 15. He was their last king, and he joined, he wound up joining Egypt to rebel against Assyria, and then they came in when they rebelled against them. They came in and made him, uh, imprisoned him in Assyria, and he was the last king. You have some of the southern rulers. Uh, we're going to go at them right now. Uh, the first king was uh, during the divided kingdom. That is, was Jeroboam. He was nine thirty one to nine fourteen for seventeen years. Uh, you can read about him in 1 Kings 11 through 14 and 2 Chronicles 9 through chapter 12. He was the son of Solomon. Uh, he was not very smart. He listened to his younger counselors and it wound up causing a civil war. And that's when the kingdom was divided. He didn't do as bad as his father did on his wives. He only had 18 wives and concubines. His favorite wife was Micaiah the daughter of Absalom, which probably wasn't the best idea. He, he sees his capital, Jerusalem, invaded by Ashika, Pharaoh of Egypt, where he took the golden uh, shields and many, much of the treasure from the temple. So you can see why Egypt had all the gold. They came in and took a lot of Solomon's gold and silver and precious metals as a tribute to them when they defeated them. His son, Abijam, uh, ruled only three years. He was the second king of Israel of Judah. He ruled from 914 to 911. And again, you can read about him in 1 Kings 14 through 15 and 2 Chronicles 13. He, was de- he, he defeated Jeroboam by the help of God supernaturally in the battlefield, but yet he didn't turn to God. He degenerated into a wicked king. Sometimes some of these kings start off good and then they just forget about God. The third king, King Asa, he was considered the first saved king of Judah after the divided kingdom. He ruled for 41 years, a good long reign, 911 to 870. You can read about him in 1 Kings 15 and 2 Chronicles 14 through 16. He was a great builder. He built up some of the cities to help 
defend Judah from the northern kingdom. He saw God answers his prayers from a massive Ethiopian invasion, a million soldiers. We read about that in Second uh, uh, Chronicles 14. But yet, later, when he was being attacked by Syria and uh, Israel, he didn't turn to God. He, uh, he uh, or by Moab, he refused to. Um, he didn't turn to God like he should have. He was a good king for the most part, but everybody, we're all sinners, right? He deposed his uh, grandmother, Micah, for all her idolatry. He later backslid and threw a prophet in prison who rebuked him for his sin. And he wound up, died from a foot disease, which problem he uh, refused to take to God. He never asked God to heal him. We'll see Hezekiah turn to God for his extra years, but that also wasn't the best idea. Again, he ruled 41 years. He was a, had a long reign. His fourth king, another saved king, Jehoshaphat. We hear the expression, Holy Jehoshaphat. He was a good king for the most part. He ruled for 25 years from 873 to 848. And we can read about him in 2 Kings 22 through 2 Chronicles 17 through 20. He instituted a, a national program of teaching and instruction. He, uh, he, um, he sent Levites throughout the country, even some to the northern kingdoms, to instruct them. But he marred his testimony. Well, I don't know if he sent them to the northern kingdom. He marred his testimony by um, letting his son marry Ahab's wicked daughter, Athaliah. And we'll see that wound up being bad for them, uh, Judah, later. Uh, he marries Jehoram, or you can also say Jehoram. Jehoram. He made it a, a military alliance with him, and they fought against Syria. He made a trading alliance with Ahaziah, Ahab's oldest son. And he made another military alliance with Ahab's youngest son after Ahaziah died. Uh, uh, died. He appointed a religious director and civil. So he sort of made the first distinction between church and state. And when Jerusalem was threatened by the massive Moabite invasion, he prayed to God and God supernaturally uh, intervened. If you don't know the story, uh Moab was rebelling against Judah and Jehoshaphat and Israel and Edom all went out to fight against them. And if you remember the story with Ahab, Israel, there was a drought going on at the time. So, excuse me, they get out there to fight and evidently they didn't have enough water. They said, oh, we're going to die and Moab's going to defeat us. Elisha, he came and said, hey, go dig some trenches and you don't have to fight. Uh, I'm going to give you the victory. So what happens? They wake up in the morning. Uh, the Moabites wake up in the morning. God had filled the trenches with water, whether from rain or springs, uh, it doesn't say. But when the Moabites looked across, it looked like a whole bunch of blood in the fields. And they thought, oh, these three armies wound up fighting one another and killing them. Let's go spoil the camp. And they go to get it. And when they get there, they probably weren't carrying any weapons because they didn't think they had to. They get there and find out, oh, 
they're all okay. And then they, they wind up killing a lot of the Moabites, taking them prisoners and chasing them back, taking over their city. So God miraculously intervened and helped uh, uh, Judah win the victory. Again, a picture of what Jehoshaphat may have looked like. Uh, his son, the fifth king, Joram, or Jehoram, you can pronounce it, he ruled for eight years, from 852 to 845. And you can read about him in 2 Kings 8 and 2 Chronicles 21. He married Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab. So Ahab's his father-in-law. He begins his reign, uh, that should be an end, by murdering his six brothers. He wanted to get rid of any rival to the throne. Uh, he received a message from Elijah predicting judgment upon him because of his wickedness and how uh, his murderous reign uh, later, we will see that uh, the Philistines and the Arabians attacked him and plundered and sacked Jerusalem. And that's who Obadiah is, prob probably the time when o the prophet Obadiah was written, when he was prophesying against Edom, because Edom never came in to help. He said, hey, you're Judah's brother, you're Israel's brother, you should have helped him. But you cheered him on and actually took part in the plundering. And... Uh, Elijah said, you're going to die from a horrible disease. And when he did die, no, he was not mourned by the people. He was not a good king. His, uh, uh, his son, uh, Ahaziah, came in and ruled in this place. And again, he was uh, 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 the son of Jehoram and Athaliah, Ahab's daughter. And we're going to see that we saw that he was killed by Jehu. He was, uh, they also had an Ahaziah, Ahab had a son Ahaziah and also a son Jehoram. Uh, he was not the best king in the world either. He was not saved. He went to visit uh, uh, Ahaziah, he went to, sorry, he went to visit Jehoram when he was sick and shot from the battle with the Syrians. And in the process, when he went up there, Jehu revolted against him and overthrew uh, Israel and also killed him and 42 of his relatives. After her, after her son died, Athaliah, the seventh ruler, queen, ruled for six years. She went and killed all the sons, all the royal seeds, except Joash, who was hid. Uh, from her, and that should be hidden from her. Um, uh, so he, she was hid by he was hid by the the high priest who was married to uh, uh, Joash's sister, older sister, and she ruled for six years, and also was a bell worshiper. And uh, when uh, Joash was old enough, six years later, uh, the uh, high priest. Uh, Abba, you know, uh, uh, said, hey, let's proclaim him king, and they did, and sure enough, they overthrew uh, Athaliah. He ruled from 835 to 795 for 40 years, and he was, uh, you could read about him in 2 Kings 11 through 12, and 2 Chronicles 22 through 24. He was a lone survivor of Athaliah's blood purge. Uh, he started out good, but later he wound up killing the high priest's son who saved him. Uh, and he was eventually 
uh, uh, he sanctioned the stoning of, uh, of the high priest, Zechariah, who had fearlessly rebuked the sin among the people. That was uh, the son of the priest who saved him. And he was later executed by his own palace guard for how he killed the priest and his wickedness, how it turned, you know, you want to finish well. You want to finish well. The eighth king, Joash, that was him, roughly. His son, Amaziah, was the ninth king. He ruled for 29 years, from 796 to 767. Uh, you can read about him in First, Second Kings 14 and Second Chronicles 25. He was a good king for a while, again, executing the killers of his father Joash, but not their children. He was rebuked by a, a prophet for hiring uh, Ephraim, you know, so mercenaries from Israel, Ephraimites. And God said, hey, uh, when they were going to fight Edom, he said, hey, God can give you 10 times more. So he dismissed them, and of course the Mercenaries on their way home decided to sack some of the cities of Judah. He foolishly brings back the Edomite god to worship, and he was punished, and uh, God said he was going to be judged because of that. And he declared war on the northern king of Israel and was soundly defeated, Pekiah. Pekiah. And uh, even though he was warned not to, the tenth king, Uzziah, he ruled from 942 to 740. You remember Elijah, Elisha, or sorry, um, Isaiah. He started his ministry on the year that Uzziah died. So that will help you remember when uh, he prophesied. He ruled for 70, uh, 52 years. And we read about him in 2 Kings 15 and 2 Chronicles 26. He was a mighty builder, builder, warrior. He invented many weapons. He attempted, however, to intrude to the priest's office. And he was coming in to burn incense. And the priest said, get out of here. And he, he was started arguing with the priest. And while he was, he got leprosy in his forehead. And the Bible said the priest hurried him out. And also that he himself decided to get out quickly because he knew God was judging him. And he lived a leper the rest of his life. And his son had to rule in his place. And so you had two kings ruling at the same time, but he was uh, shut away because of his leprosy. Uh, and his son, uh, Jotham, wound up ruling for 750 to 736, uh, 16 years. And we read about him in 2 Kings 15 through Second Chron and Second Chronicles 27. He was a good king. Um, he built up the gates and the, of the temple and erected fortresses and towers. He defeated his enemies and received huge annual tributes from uh, some of the Moabites and uh, Edomites. So he, for the most part, he was a good king. Uh, you had the 12th king, King Ahaz. He ruled for 17 years from 735 to 719. And that he was king whenever the northern kingdoms was finally taken into captivity. And even though his father was good, he was perhaps after Manasseh, the second worst king of Judah. The Bible says he sacrificed his children to the devil gods, to Moloch and uh, 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 some of the other gods, Baal and Chemish. Uh, he sent his children through the fire. Uh, but yet Isaiah prophesied to him in, uh, about the virgin birth. He said, God's going to give you a sign. So well, I don't need a sign. He was 
sort of acting humble, but he wasn't. And God said, God will give you a sign that a virgin shall conceive and bear forth a child. And But yet he ordered the, the a construction of the pagan Assyrian altar and placed it in the temple to appease Tagapalasa, the king of Assyria. And he wound up being judged for that. So he was a wicked king. Uh, the, uh, his father didn't pass it along to him. The 13th king wound up being a good king. You had good, bad, good. Uh, Hezekiah, he ruled from 716 to uh, 687, uh, 29 years. You can read about him in 2 Kings 18 through 20 and 2 Chronicles 29 through 32. He was Judah, perhaps Judah's second best king and the richest of all. He repaired the temple. He may, received much wealth. And you probably remember the story. Uh, he came in there and said, he said, you know, said, uh, Elijah goes, hey, what have they seen? You remember the he was sick and the Babylonians came to see him and to give him a gift. And uh, uh, he said, what, what, who are these? He said, oh, these are from a far country. They're, so where from? Babylon. So what did you show him? said, everything. And he said, one day, everything you showed him, the treasures and all that of the house are going to be taken back to Babylon along with your children who will be uh, eunuchs in the king's house. And he said, oh, good. It's not going to happen. He said, but it's not going to happen in, in your time. He, what did he say? Oh, good. I'm glad it's not going to happen to me. You had thought that he would have said, oh, no, don't let it happen to my children. We can see why Manasseh turned out bad. You see the 14th king, Manasseh, he was probably the worst, most wicked of all. Jewish tradition has it that he sawed Isaiah in half. Sorry, that was Isaiah, not Elijah. He sawed that he sawed Isaiah in half. So when it talks about it in Hebrews, about some of the heroes of the faith were sawed asunder, most scholars think it's reference to uh, Isaiah. He was the longest ruling king in Israel, or in Judah. He ruled for 55 years from 697 to 642. Uh, and you can read about him in 2 Kings 21 and 2 Chronicles 33. Um, on average, on average, the good kings ruled three times longer than the bad kings. This is an exception. He did, he did not rule short. He ruled 55 years longer than all the other kings, and he was the most wicked. The Bible tells us that when he was in captivity, that he repented. And I, I tell my class, I said, could you imagine it, you know, him if he, you know, if he truly salvation repentant? He wound up being in heaven and he sees Isaiah. Isaiah, Manasseh, what are you doing here? So I, I repented. He said, well, it would have been nice if you would have repented before you saw me in half. <laughs> so he was taken prisoner to Babylon and was uh, would be punished. Uh, uh, but he later repented. The 15th king was Ammon from 643 to 641, two years. He was the king, uh, you can read about him in 2 Kings 21 and 2 Chronicles 33. He, he had a wicked father, Manasseh, and he, he didn't repent as his father did. And he wound up later being executed by his own servants. Uh, you have the 16th king, a good king, the last good king, uh, Joash. He ruled from 641 to 610 for 31 years. And we read about him in 2 Kings 22 to 23 and 2 Chronicles 34 to 35. 
He was probably the uh, most godliest king uh, uh, since David. He, he tried to do many reforms. He was, again, the last saved king. He, they found the book of Moses in the temple and they began to read it. He repented and started mourning, got rid of the, uh, the, 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 the false gods and building the temple. He led revival. He conducted a the lar- a larger Passover than uh, than when he- what the one Hezekiah his great grandfather did, and he fulfilled a three hundred year old prophecy when he said he was going to burn the ashes of the northern king, and and uh, and their grave and the altar, but yet he was killed in the battle when he went out to fight fight against uh, uh, Paul king of Egypt, when he shouldn't have. But he why I don't know. He never inquired of God. But like I said, he was a good king. He uh, reigned 31 years. The seventh king, 17th king, Jehoiaz, he only ruled six months. Evidently, he was uh, much like his father. So he would, but yet he was deposed by Pharaoh, and his brother, middle son, uh, uh, he was the middle son. He wasn't. Uh, Joash's oldest son, he was the middle son, and yet he was given rule. But he was deposed by Pharaoh, uh, who killed his father, and that he was carried off to Egypt. And he was replaced by the oldest brother of uh, 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 replaced by the oldest brother, Jehoiakim. His name was Eliakim, and Pharaoh changed it to Jehoiakim. He was a wicked king. Uh, just some of the stories I read in the, some of the Jewish writings about him. He ruled 11 years. He was put on the throne by the king of Egypt. He was later made a vassal by Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he ruled from 609 to uh, uh, 598. Uh, the beginning, he, he was there when Babylon did their first captivity when Daniel was taken. He was totally materialistic. He was sensual. He would often... Uh, have relationships with his own family members. He uh, would take some of his prince's uh, wives, and uh, if he liked them, so he was uh, he was nowhere godly. He was he murdered the innocent and often persecuted. He's one of the ones who persecuted Jeremiah, who cut up his writings. He burned the copy in God's Word in Jeremiah thirty six, and Jeremiah wrote another one. I uh, said he was uh, the first king was visited by Babylon when they first took uh, Israel captivity or Judah captivity, and that was probably 605. Daniel was taken and some of the other Hebrew captives. They took some of the rulers, the you know the royal seed, and he at his death he received the burial of Nath. The Bible says as Jeremiah has predicted, and he was not a good king. His son only ruled three months, and then yet he tried to rebel against Babylon from 598. He was Jehoiakim's uh, son and the grandson of Joash. He incurred a curse from God that none of his descendants would set up, sorry, set upon the throne, and he was predicted that he'd be carried off by Ezekiel and Jeremiah, or both Ezekiel and Jeremiah was carried off, uh, that he predicted he would be carried off to Babylon. He, He was Eyes were put out, and, and they killed his son, and his eyes were put out. This happened during Nebuchadnezzar's second visit in 597, and Ezekiel was also carried away at this time, and he eventually dies in Babylon. So, not a good king. 
Uh, the 20th and last king was Zedekiah, and that was the youngest son of jo- Josiah, uncle to Jehoiachin. Jeremiah was uh, persecuted during his reign, and he was thrown in the member of the Myrate clay. He rebelled against Babylon, and this is when Babylon came and finally wiped out Jerusalem, destroying the walls and the temples. Sorry, they blinded him and carried off, uh, killed his son and carried him off to captivity, and later he was accepted by one of the other kings of Babylon. And that's when Jerusalem was burned and destroyed. So that's the end, and we're going to stop right there.